Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. And thank you, as always, for joining me. I do have a bit of a cold, I'm going to say, right now. So if I sound a little bit different, uh, just know that I'm here toughing it out, trying to get through this news so you guys can ultimately uh, be a little bit uh, smarter as to what's going on out there in the financial world. I'm putting it all together so you don't have to. So uh, thanks for stopping by and uh, let's go ahead and get right into it. So uh, I, I've said it a couple times and um, I guess the first thought on my on my mind this morning is that Wells Fargo uh, fine that they got uh, they knew that they were having a fine coming. They were planning on about $2 billion from some of the fraudulent activity that went on years ago. And this was one of the reasons that I did not want to get involved in this stock. I wasn't aware that it was going to be a $3.7 billion fine, but, uh, I knew that there were still some things in the works and they just haven't gotten over this one yet. So they caught that $2 billion fine and then a $1.7 billion civil penalty, uh, with everything that happened a few years back at this point. So those numbers are, uh, are shocking and they don't know that it's done yet. The, uh, estimate right now is that $5.5 billion should clear them of any other, uh, litigation going forward. They had set aside some money. They haven't been buying back shares. And a lot of that is to do with this litigation that they were going through and ultimately, they were trying to see where they came out on this one before moving forward. So a lot of people say that they uh, they're past that now. Their accounts are safer. Their you know their practices are safer. They don't have all the internal problems, which might be true. But uh, you still have uh, kind of a a black eye on their uh, reputation from everything that happened in the past. So it's kind of hard to get away from it, and then you kind of relive it again with all these fines coming up. So it's definitely painful for them. We saw them and uh, other bank stocks go down this week on some of this news. But um, really, it's just one that I don't want to touch. I've said it before, even in the large banks, I do not want to be in Wells Fargo. I'd rather be in several others, whether it's JP Morgan, Goldman, uh, Bank of America, even Citi that's got some, you know, internal kind of problems of getting out of their own way as well. I'd rather be in those. I feel like they're a lot safer of stocks and they don't have that reputation that they're trying to fight uh, around every turn, it seems. So uh, that's kind of my thoughts there. As you guys know, I'm still saying regional banks for 2023. Um, They don't have as much of the ties to Europe, to Russia, to other problems going on in the world. And I'm still in that regional bank space. Uh, We've got uh, one of them on the investing challenge for week 52. It is the last week. So if you are not voting, please get over to uh, Let It Grow Investing on Facebook and get your votes in. Uh, The regional bank this week is Fifth Third Bank, which is F-I-T-B. So that is one of the options. I'll cover the other ones a bit later. Um, So yeah, we've got uh, all that going on. And, you know, where where do we go next? We've got um, marijuana stocks are definitely feeling some pain this week as well. Um, 
no real changes here, but the, uh, well, I mean, I guess it's a real change. The safe banking measure officially fails. So all these uh, companies were really looking to have their bank accounts uh, kind of authorized. They could actually accept cards and things and not just be cash only. So that would have been a huge help, but apparently that, uh, that went ahead and failed. So we're really looking to see where we go from here. And uh, I'm looking at Canopy Growth right now. Um, fairly rough week for them as things have uh, have trended down. We're sitting 237 right now. And on the five day, we were up near 290. So that's uh, a pretty significant fall when it's only a $2.90 stock to begin with. But um, yeah, so just be aware of what's going on out there. I know that it uh, might not be for everyone, but for those that are in it, you might be wondering why are these stocks continuing to fall? I want to say it was 2017, 2018, everyone was running to these stocks. You had uh, many, many people just buying these hand over fist to have uh, the next growth story. And it, it's still difficult. You know, we're really not able to get out of uh, some of the regulation that's still there. I know that uh, a lot of states, states are legalized now, but uh, at that federal level, it is still not there. So definitely an industry that I think has potential going forward. Uh, for me, I'm still looking at some of the major players. I do have a, a small stake in Planet 13, but uh, Altria, ticker is MO, is a bigger holding for me. I think uh, when this gets legalized, they will be ready to roll. Uh, and in the meantime, um, I'm counting on a lot of their legacy businesses between uh, tobacco and wine, beer uh, to really carry us going forward. Plus, you got an 8.2% dividend, and they have been paying this one for eons. Uh, PE is a 17.6. And I'm really in this one for the dividend. Over the course of four years that I've owned it right now, I think I'm up about 7%, but uh, I do have all that dividend payment over that time. Uh, so I'm I'm not going to complain about that one. And the uh, the dividend um, seems a bit stretched. I'm not looking at the payout ratio right now. I know it is higher, but that is just the cash cow of this business that it is. That's the, the stage of this company. And that's kind of what they're tied to. So I think that uh, legalization at a federal level will certainly help this com uh, company and others go forward from here. So uh, next up, I uh, wanted to talk about Disney. We we saw some, uh, I, th I think Disney's going to be trying to sell off some of the ESPN business. We've, we've talked about that. It's kind of been a sore spot for them. But um, uh, yeah, they want to spin off TV networks in 23 and stream ESPN directly to sports fans, analysts predict. So there's a lot of different talk here. Um, some people are calling for them to sell ESPN altogether. Um, really kind of alleviate some of the um, debt on the balance sheet and pay down some different things and have that uh, streamline the business and get out of that. Uh, I always thought they could do more with ESPN. It never really seemed to get out of its own way. Uh, I definitely think that the sports are a hit. Some of the shows are not. Uh, so it's really, I think for Disney, it just kind of goes forward and shows how bad things have been for them this year. It has been the largest drop in one year since the 70s. It has just been a, uh, a brutal year. You know, we look back at uh, February of 21, we were sitting up around $197. And, and now we're sitting down around 87.7. Uh, so it's certainly been a, a rough, rough time to be a Disney investor. 
And I think a lot of people will be quick to throw a growth company under the bus. You know, it's really easy to say, oh yeah, Tesla's down, uh, you know, 50, 60% now. But then when you look at other companies such as Disney or even Amazon that have been just crushed this year, they don't get quite the uh, the same rep from uh, investors or analysts. I think just because of the type of uh, company that it is or uh, that management might be a little bit quieter, right? So I think uh, everyone's uh, kind of gunning for Elon. He's a squeaky wheel, so people are going to talk about it. I think quietly under the uh, under the surface, you look at companies like Disney or Amazon and it's like, man, it's been it's been rough for everyone. It's not just uh, the gross stocks. I mean, you know, Disney is uh, old money at this point. You know, they, they've been around forever. And yes, they've had some management problems and all. But uh, is it getting to the point where we want to buy this one? Um, for me, I'm, I might dollar cost average into this one at this point. But uh, that P.E. is still high. It's still at a forty nine point seven. Uh, we've still got uh, recession fears. Could that hurt the parks business? I, I know a lot of those tickets are already sold out for months to come. But, um, you know, is the, the movie business going to be as powerful as we think it is? You know, Avatar is doing good, but uh, a couple analysts said they thought it was going to be better. So I don't know that I really want to buy this one at a 49.7. I'd like to let it come down, uh, really see what they're going to do with some of this other business. And, and really go from there. From that standpoint that it's sold off so much, that's great for an entry point. It's not great if you've been in this one, but uh, I still think it's a bit pricey. I still think they need to get some of these earnings back up and ultimately streamline the business to where they're um, more of a powerhouse like they used to be and really get back to that. So for me, um, I'm kind of, I'll, I'll probably hold on this one right now. It's not any kind of screaming buy for me. I, uh, I think long term, it'll be fine. But uh, there's other places I want to put my money. And we, we kind of talked about that last time, the different sectors that I want to be in, whether it's uh, chips or regional banks or utilities, oil, gas, uh, healthcare. Uh, you know, those are, are consumer staples even as well. So there's a lot of other places that I want to be putting money right now. Uh, it does have about 38.7% of upside from 20 different analysts uh, within the past three months. So there, there's a good chance that this one will pop. We'll get some upside on uh, on some good news, but uh, it's just not there for me yet. And uh, for those reasons, I, I'm seeing other uh, opportunities when it comes to growth, and I'm seeing other opportunities when it comes to value. So I'll probably lean on some of those choices rather than going with Disney. Uh, now, next up, we've got uh, Apple. They are going to be producing MacBooks in Vietnam by uh, the middle of 23. And I think that should help some supply chain problems get, uh, you know, a little bit more diversified in where they're making products. And, you know, hopefully we don't have any of these other problems going forward with supply chain. We don't really I don't I don't think anyone really expected the type of problems that we ended up having in 2020 or 21. And that was kind of unforeseen. And I think a lot of people are trying to, uh, you know, kind of unglobalize now we were all about globalization and, and, you know, sending jobs here and producing there. But uh, now I think we're trying to have more control over ultimately where we're making products or where we're ordering from. And hopefully that uh, some of these changes that they're making, having chips sourced uh, from Taiwan Semi in uh, Arizona, hopefully that'll help. You know, hopefully some of uh, having these products made in either India or Vietnam or wherever else they're looking to source from 
has a little bit of here, a little bit of there, and ultimately we can, you know, pull on a couple different manufacturers in order to get everything done uh, in in hand on time. So hopefully that'll help them going forward. Uh, Netflix, their ad supported plan was the least uh, chosen uh, package for the month of November. Only nine percent of new users or new accounts uh, went ahead with that ad tiered or ad-supported uh, package tier. So that one is definitely a lagging behind for them. We talked about that last time where if you had, <clears throat> excuse me, if you had, <clears throat> ugh, sorry about that. If you had advertised on Netflix on that plan, you could ultimately pull your ads and get your money back. And just because they didn't have enough people uh, to actually charge the advertisers uh, what they had intended to uh, deliver to them. So that has definitely been a problem for uh, for Netflix. Uh, we had housing starts. They were down about half a percent, and the uh, the estimated estimated consensus was down 1.8. So still down, but uh, less than what was going to be forecasted. Uh, it does show kind of the slowing. Shows uh, you know how expensive everything is to both produce and buy, with interest rates being uh, much higher than they were, you know, simply from a year ago. So. Um, housing starts are down, but, uh, like I said, not as bad as what we thought it was going to be, but I think that is a sign of the times and everyone's kind of cutting production, cutting jobs and really kind of dialing back on how much they're making, uh, going forward. So, uh, these housing companies have taken a hit. They ultimately, uh, a lot of them have been cutting the cost of the house, but they can only cut back so much. Uh, a lot of these properties were purchased. Uh, a year or two ago that they're trying to develop and build now. And ultimately, they probably overpaid for them at that point, but the demand was through the roof and they couldn't keep up. Uh, now they're trying to sell them and uh, those prices have come down. The interest rates have gone up and they can't simply you know, cut their losses that bad on them. They still need to make some money on these uh, uh, different uh, properties that they've already got started. So uh, definitely difficult for them. I think that the first half of 23 is going to continue to be bad for the, the housing or the builders until we start seeing these rates not only slow down, but stop and then reverse. We need to have these rates coming back down ultimately to have uh, home sales go up. And we're not there yet. So I think it's going to be a rough, uh, rough road for them, but uh, could be a case where you know, end of spring, early summer, you might want to think about buying some of these for maybe a long-term play. Uh, I think we've got time on that front in order to buy these, though. I don't think it's anything you got to rush out right now. Uh, they're not even on my radar for stocks that I want to buy in 23, but uh, they could be something that you're looking at. So I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, another one that we do follow a bit more is SoFi. And uh, the CEO, Anthony Noto, uh, bought... Uh, 525,000 shares at $4.59. So he's uh, invested about $2.4 million uh, in order to buy more SoFi stock. Um, I definitely think that is a bullish sign for SoFi. I've said it before. Uh, I thought under $6 was a good value. Under five is certainly a deep value for SoFi. They've got a lot of different things going for them. A lot of the, the headwinds that they were facing are kind of subsiding. We've still got some other things that... Uh, you know, are definitely going to be tough for them going into recession. Possibly um, the borrowing side of the business is 
possibly going to slow. That's my uh, that's my forecast. Is I would say that it is going to slow, uh, especially at these higher rates. But they do have a you know a lot of the different uh, things going right now with the uh, the bank charter, and um, you know having a lot more plans and packages on their service to where you can do kind of everything all in one from SoFi. And I, I definitely think that'll help as well. And a lot of the uh, student loan problems are uh, kind of tapering off. We still know that there's some problems out there, but ultimately going forward, I think those will be straightened out. Uh, we've also got uh, Taiwan Semi. The uh, CEO over there bought uh, 200,000 shares in November as well. So, uh, so far, Taiwan Semi insider buys, definitely a bullish sign. And uh, might be some ones that you want to take a look at. Uh, Taiwan Semi, we also had Warren Buffett buying up a bunch of uh, shares there. And Apple committing to build with Taiwan Semi, uh, as I said, I believe in Arizona. Uh, it's either Arizona or New Mexico, one of the two. Um, so both bullish signs, and I still like both of them. I still like that chip space. I still like that, uh, that fintech bank space. And I, I think that both should do well long term. Now we've got uh, Amazon. Amazon Web Services, AWS, just uh, sealed a $723 million contract with the U.S. Navy. Definitely uh, bullish for them. And like I said, they have had a rough year as well. Um, truth be told, Amazon is down more for me than uh, Tesla. So uh, I'm still bullish on both. And that being said, I, I think that both would have a, uh, a strong run going forward. And like I said, the, the Tesla haters are definitely uh, going after everything that Elon says, does. You know, he had that poll on Twitter about should he find a new uh, CEO for Twitter. And it looks like, you know, he was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. He kind of figured everyone was going to say yes. So that's looking like what it's going to be. And I think ultimately what he was going to plan on anyhow. But um, uh, when I was looking at both Amazon and... Uh, Tesla, I just want to pull this back up. I got to go onto my Reuters here on E-Trade. If you need a, a link for E-Trade, I do have one in the description. Help get you started over there. Um, so I was looking at Tesla. Let's uh, let's pull up this Reuters together here. I just want to run through a couple numbers. Uh, where are we at? It's still a buy rating. Five-year return, 580%, call it. Uh, we've got price target, 72% higher from where we are right now. We've got annual revenue up 55% for 22 and 115% for 23. We've got this. No, the price to sales is a 32% discount. That's not the number I was looking at. I was looking at the peg ratio. I'll get there in a second. The trailing PE down 52% over the five-year average. Forward PE down uh, 66% versus the five-year average. But the number that I was really looking at here was the forward peg ratio. That's the price earnings divided by uh, the five-year forecasted growth rate is sitting at a 0.6. That is crazy cheap. Uh, when you're looking at the S&P 500 index average is a 1.9. Um, the Tesla's average is a 1.8. So it is a third of where it normally sits. Uh, so that growth rate is still high and uh, the, the PE, the forward PE is lower than where it should be, in my opinion. So uh, when you go ahead and compare that over to Amazon, um, like I said, a, most 
companies are going to trade above or at or above a one. A one is generally considered uh, a good starting point to buy as you're getting your same price to earnings, your same forward PE divided by that same growth rate. So if you've got a 15 PE, 15% growth rate, it's a one. Um, but right now we're, we're much lower than that. Uh, so when I flip over to Amazon, um, in also a buy, we've got 64% of price target growth or upside. So a little bit lower, uh, annual revenue, 22s forecasted growth, 8.6, I believe on Tesla was 50 some percent. And on 2023 for Amazon, 19.9 versus the 115% on Tesla. So a lot more growth out of Tesla at the moment. You've got uh, much bigger discount on um, where are we at the price to sales 1.8, 52% off five year average. The trailing PE is a six per six percent discount over the five year average. Forward PE is only an eighteen percent. So uh, I think a mixed picture there on that. But then when I get down to the forward peg ratio uh, for Amazon is a two point four. So uh, as I said, that uh, that is significantly higher. What about four times higher than where Tesla is currently trading? And they are actually above their five-year average of 2.3. So you're paying a little bit more right now for that growth than what you normally do. Versus Tesla, you're paying a lot less for that future growth than where you normally do. Now, really, what is that a sign of? Uh, to me, it's a sign that Tesla stock is getting beat down further from the, uh, what was it, $20, $32 billion of stock that uh, Elon has sold. You've got uh, a lot of the problems with Twitter. You've got a lot of problems with uh, kind of the EV, you know, slowdown right now with some of the um, tax credits that are on the federal level, the $7,500 that was supposed to start in January. Now it's being pushed back to March. Um, so a lot of different things on that Tesla side of the business that are uh, headwinds for them right now or problems that they're getting through. I still think that both of them are solid buys right now. But uh, I would have to edge towards Tesla if I had more risk tolerance. Amazon, I think, is more of a easy pick for going forward. Yes, we might have some recessions. We might have some slowdowns. Uh, but they've still got advertising. They've still got uh, the AWS business. They've, they've got a lot going for them that I really don't want to discount that much uh, going forward. You know, we might have uh, a bit of a slowdown in some areas, but uh, I do think that they are still going to be firing on all cylinders. So I'm really uh, bullish on a lot of those large cap uh, tech plays, knowing that I have a long term to uh, really accumulate them and ultimately see a positive return. Uh, but I do want to be buying. I do want to be averaging down on those names. And, and like I said, the other uh, industries are still of uh, great importance to me as well. I really want to see my dividend income really increase for 2023. And that is uh, one of my main goals for next year is really have this passive income of dividends really start increasing. So that's where I'm looking at some of these other names that we uh, that we look at, whether it's Broadcom, AVGO that we bought on Monday for the Let It Grow Investing Investing Challenge or EPD or uh, some of the dif different REITs that we are looking to add. Um, or uh, even some of the safer uh, oil and gas plays. There's a, there's a lot of different things out there that I really want to build a, a dividend income portfolio from. 
And I, I think that a lot of people are in that same boat right now. We were all, you know, really revved up for high growth uh, stocks in, in 2020. A lot of people left uh, the dividend stocks on the table. And now it seems like everyone wants back into those dividend names for uh, some safety out there. It's been uh, it's been a brutal year and it's been one that's been very tough to start uh, an investing challenge and, and basically be down the whole year. Uh, I won't sugarcoat that at all. We we started with uh, NVIDIA and it it went through the floor. Uh, so that one has definitely been tough. But, um, you know, we, we really have a, a lot of brighter skies ahead. I think once we get out of a lot of this recession fears and, and different problems that are out there. So I'm going to steady invest now, still dollar cost average, find some different stocks, find some different uh, industries that work for me and continue to accumulate them until uh, until I'm set enough to where I don't have to do uh, the investing as much anymore. I can live off the, uh, the fruit of the tree that I plant right now. So that's really what I got. And uh, we'll take a break. I want to talk about uh, some retirement talk for us uh, Gen Z and millennials and really what we're going to need going forward. We're going to recap uh, the stocks of the investing challenge for week 52 and uh, cover some other news that we've got going on out there. So stick around. I will be right back. All right, guys, and we are back. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please go ahead and do so. Uh, click the little subscribe button on whatever uh, platform you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, or one of the other ones that we're on. I would definitely appreciate that. If you could go ahead and invite someone else, uh, I would certainly appreciate that as well. That is going to be the only way that we're going to grow is through uh, you guys reaching out and telling someone else that uh, you heard it over there on Let It Grow Investing. So I definitely would appreciate that as well. Uh, if you're feeling extra generous, you can help contribute to the podcast for as little as 99 cents a month over there at anchor.fm slash let it grow. And I uh, would definitely appreciate that extra love going forward as well. But um, yeah, so right before break, I was talking about um, the fact of, you know, us Gen Z and millennials, the, uh, the amount of money that we're going to need to retire was just upped again. Uh it's estimated that we're going to need about one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year uh, in retirement. Which uh, right now, that's about a three million dollar retirement fund is what is projected. Can sound very daunting if you haven't started, and really, I want to help you guys get there. And uh, a little bit of the way that I do that is just continually dollar cost average into the market. As you know, in the Let It Grow Investing Challenge, we put in or I put in $200 every week for the year. So that's $10,400 uh, just, just this year that I put into that one account. That doesn't account for my uh, my brokerage or my IRA or the money I'm trying to tuck away for kids or this, that, the other. So that is simply just that fund. Um, now, we really got some uh, some things to think about. And I'll, I'll probably come up with some new ideas next year for what we're going to do with this investing challenge from 22. Uh, it is down more than uh, the past couple times I've reported on it. I, I think last I checked, it was down about 14%. Two weeks ago, it was down only 7%. So these, uh, these losses have really accelerated with uh, some of the different problems and struggles that are going on out there. Uh, out in the market, uh, I'm going to take a look right now and see how we are doing in this uh, Weeble account, which link in the description if you need to get started and fractional shares uh, are over there on Weeble. You can also buy crypto and ETFs as well. Um, so we are 
up for the day about uh, four tenths of a percent, down for the year about 13.79%. So definitely uh, not the results that I wanted. As I said, it's been an awful year uh, as far as the market goes, even since week one, you know, like I said, NVIDIA, we bought it and uh, it got crushed there going forward. So that has been a, uh, a tough one to really invest in. But what I can say is that there are dividends being made from this account, from a lot of the stocks that we bought. And I still do have this money invested and saved. There's, you know, like I said, there's $8,800 in this account right now. It's currently down about $1,400. Uh, now, long term, I do think that this is going to recover. I, I see a lot of stocks here that I think should be much higher. I think we did make some good picks and, and some of them just uh, we bought great good names at a bad time. So going forward take out some of the roller coaster ride of what the market has given us and i think that these names should do well but uh it's been a rough year so um that being said what do we do um uh, i really in my personal side of what i'm doing uh, i still want to be buying um dividend names uh, higher dividend names in my ira you get more tax benefits there uh you're not going to get uh hit on taxes on that uh, the dividend income um but really, where do you need to be? That's uh, that's the million dollar question. And I'll uh, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about my portfolio. I generate about eight thousand dollars a year in dividend income in my brokerage account. Now I put in uh, income growth calculator on Google, and I found a website, Keypoint Credit Union, where you can plug in some different numbers and really tell you how much uh, it's going to generate from uh from now until the time that you retire so i'm 35 i put in retire at 55 uh, i'm sure i'll be doing something after that but it's not going to be the same run-of-the-mill stuff that i do every day that breaks my back it'll be more in that uh financial space or something else that uh, might be a little bit less taxing on my body so i've got uh, in here current gross annual income eight thousand dollars uh expected annual raises of seven and a half percent that's where i'm hoping to be uh, with these different income or dividend income stocks that they can raise that uh, dividend 7% or 7.5% a year. Some are going to raise more, some are going to raise less. I'm hoping for about 7.5%. So that $8,000 that I'm making right now, by the time I am 55, it'll be uh, about $34,000 a year. Now, that's not going to get us to that 120 to 150 a year that uh, it says that we're going to need in projections in retirement. Now, if I take a look at all my stocks right now, um, a lot of them, I'm going to say half of them are not dividend paying stocks. We've, we've talked about that before as well. You know, Google, Amazon, Tesla, Enphase, SoFi, um, a lot of the names that I'm in do not pay me a dividend. Now, what if I were to change that and I went uh, to, you know, more stocks that pay that uh, three, four, five percent right now? And I think I could probably about double my dividend income. So um, by selling out of the growth names, now that does have some different things that go along with it. Do I really want to um, cut all my growth right now or can I change into it at a later point in life? Right now, I'm going to leave my growth stocks alone. But for the sake of the argument, if I started right now on this calculator with $16,000, 7.5% raises, um, by the time I'm 55, it would be $68,000 a year in dividend income. 
So uh, we got, uh, you know, that growth rate of that seven and a half percent, uh, 20 year timeline, it would get me there. Now, uh, that doesn't take account into how much I'm going to be buying in in the next 20 years. So I'm going to keep on uh, plugging away at this and really make it to where I can't fail by buying these dividend stocks. And, uh, you know, if I were able to get it to, um, let's just say 30,000 a year right now in dividend income at 7%, um, I'm more sitting around that $120,000 mark. So um, hopefully I can get to that, uh, that number sooner than later and not have to stretch out my retirement much past that. But uh, I just want you guys to know that there is a way to do it. There is a way to plug in the numbers and really see what you need to do or how much you need to put away and uh, where it's got to come from in order to get to where you want to be. And that $3 million number is, is a crazy number to think about. But uh, I guess when you look at that, you have to say, you know, if I'm 65 and I'm going to live to 90, you still got 25 years of life to live. And uh, for most of us, Gen Z millennials, there's not uh, uh, the different pension funds from work. You know, we're really living off of the money that we save, not the money that has been saved for us. Uh, I know some of us have uh, employer match uh, 401ks and things like that. And there is some other money coming in, but uh, we're really not going to have that type of pension fund that a lot of, uh, uh, you know, baby boomers might have had or even before that might have had. So there's really more accountability on you in order to invest in yourselves. Do it now, do it frequently. So this growth rate that I'm I'm looking at this seven and a half percent. So that works in your favor. And we really want those uh, dividends in our pocket and not going somewhere else. Uh, so the, the more you can save now, the more you can invest now, I think the better off we're going to be. And uh, that's really why I hammer it as hard as I have to right now in order to get uh, to the, the end goal, really. So that's what I got there. I just wanted to point out if uh, you need to look at that, there is uh, some different things on Google. You can find a credit union or some uh, in income growth calculator that works for you and really uh, plug in your numbers and see where you're at. But um, going forward, uh, we are looking at the investing challenge for week 52 of 22. This is the last week. And ultimately, this is a, a short list of stocks that I think could do well into 23. First one up, Taiwan Semi. I didn't know that the CEO was buying when I made this list. I knew that Warren Buffett was buying. I know that there's a lot of upside in this name, uh, especially with them coming to the U.S. and growing their business here. Uh, I think it's going to help supply chain. I think it's going to help uh, a lot of different companies as a whole to not have these hiccups in their sales as well. So um, Apple should have more uh, streamlined production from the fact of things being made in-house here or maybe not in-house, but in the country here. Uh, so there's 36 percent of upside. 1.9% dividend on Taiwan Semi. Uh, it's currently sitting in third place in our investing challenge. So if that's the one you want, get over there and vote for it. Uh, number two, Enterprise Product Partners, oil and gas midstream. Uh, they get oil and gas from A to B. That's pretty much their business. Uh, so I definitely think that oil and gas should continue to do well, especially with oil above $70 a barrel. A lot of these different companies are really profitable above that number. Uh, you know, we've talked about that before, whether it's Devon Energy or bigger players like Chevron, Exxon, they are going to make more money at that price point. 
but enterprise products is still going to be in the liquefied natural gas. They're going to be oil. Uh, they're going to be in all those different uh, petroleum-based products. So I definitely like this one for that upside. It has traded down. So they do have a 32% upside based on the analysts right now. Plus, you're getting a 7.8% dividend. And, uh, you know, that's a great starting place. They might not up their dividend percentage or payout as much uh, yearly when we're factoring in that 7.8%. But yes, you're getting more dividend to start. Uh, so if that's one that you need or if you're closer to retirement, some of these high paying, higher paying dividends might be a good way for you to go in order to uh, have that dividend income right off the jump and not have to let it grow as much going forward. So EPD number two, they are actually sitting in first place. So uh, if you want to continue that trend, go ahead and uh, and vote up for EPD on uh, on Facebook here. Number three, uh, this one's getting no love out there. So um, this one is Fifth Third Bank Corp, which is a regional bank, Midwest and uh, Southeast, I believe it is. And I was looking for a regional bank that has uh, some protection with the dividend. You're not going to have that exposure to a lot of the international markets. They are growing. They're trying to expand. There's a lot of different reasons that Fifth Third Bank could be a, a good player in your portfolio going forward. Uh, as I've said before, if you are depositing money into a bank account, they're not giving you any more on your savings or checking account. But when they go to lend that money out to other people, they are making more. So there is more upside for them with uh, the more money that they can take in. And in a growing bank like Fifth Third's uh, Bank Corp, you're getting more people depositing money and more lending going out. So more money in their pockets. So that one has a 26% of upside and a 4% dividend. And uh, currently no love on the, uh, the vote here. So if you want that one, you think the regional banks should do well, uh, could be a good one for you. Uh, number four, and this one is normally priced to perfection. We've talked about that several times, but uh, this name is Costco. And I'm going to sign back into E-Trade here and pull up some charts. Um, this one has traded down pretty uh, pretty significantly in the last uh, few weeks here. And it really normally doesn't do that. So I think this could be a good time to buy this one. We had touched right at 540 uh, November 30th. We are down at 457.50 as I am recording. The market is open on Wednesday. And that is a significant drawdown of what, $82 and some change. So I think that it could be a good time to buy this one. Yes, there's some recession of thoughts out there, but uh, I don't think I don't see any less people at Costco when I go. And uh, I think this one is uh, just a powerhouse in its own industry and should continue to drive more sales uh, going forward. So uh, you've got about a PE of 34.6. You got a 0.79% dividend. Analyst research on this one brings it uh, to an average price target of 546. That's uh, currently sitting at 19.4% of upside on Costco. And that, uh, that normally doesn't happen. That's a pretty decent upside for them. And I think a lot of the different problems in December that we have had and just the way the market is trading, we really tried to break that 4,100 level on the S&P beginning of the month. And now we are just getting hammered left and right. Every time I look at it, it seems worse. Uh, so when I pull up the S&P, where are we right now? Um, S&P, we are sitting at 3850. 
So we are definitely getting lower on that trading range of where the, the S&P has been. And uh, I'd really like to see this one get above 4,000 and at least hold it. I would like to see some stability in that number, but uh, we haven't seen it yet. So hopefully we can, hopefully some of these names will rebound and actually hold that place. But uh, the last one here is going to be CrowdStrike. And I am still bullish on uh, these different security plays and cloud-based plays. I know a lot of people are kind of leaving them for dead, but I do think that we're still going to need these services. And ultimately, you know, NEO just got hacked. They, I believe that uh, anyone that bought before August of 21, all their information is out there. And the, uh, the hackers are demanding two and a quarter million dollars of Bitcoin be transferred to them. And NEO basically said, no, we're not doing that. And we'll, uh, we'll fix any problems later. But, uh, you know, if they have more companies like CrowdStrike in their corner fighting for uh, their security, uh, maybe we avoid some of these problems. Maybe some of these hacks don't happen. And ultimately, I think that is where the industry is going. And that's uh, where a lot of the crime has been leaving, leading us to is into this uh, cybersecurity type world. And I don't think that these companies should really be neglected going forward. So uh, probably the most risky stock on the, risk, uh, on the list, we've got uh, CrowdStrike is going to also give us the most amount of upside potential on this list as well. So we are currently down another three and a half percent today on CrowdStrike. We are sitting at 105.90. Um, and again, that last quarter was not that bad. They did have some annual recurring revenue and contract delays. But uh, I still think that uh, the quarter was strong. A lot of their numbers were really good. And uh, we just really got to see where the company is going forward. Uh, so currently, we're sitting at 68.8 percent of upside on CrowdStrike. Uh, it's definitely been uh, been a bruise uh, on my portfolio, but I am still bullish on this uh, this company and this industry as a whole. So uh, CRWD is the ticker here. And if you want to see us buy that one for week 52 of the investing challenge, get over there to Facebook and uh, and get your boats in. So that one is currently sitting in second place. So if it needs to uh, bump out EPD enterprise products, get over there, get your boats in. Or if you like one of the other ones, please get over there and do so as well. But uh, that's what I got for you guys this week. So thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to what I had to say about the market. Uh, may you have a, a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. And uh, I guess we will we'll be back next week. I know it's going to be a little bit of a, a short week, but it will be a busy week in the market. And normally speaking, I think of a, a Santa Claus rally is leading up to Christmas. But uh, I guess technically it's the five days uh, before the end of the year. So that would be next week. So ultimately, we'll see what happens. I'm not uh, not counting on a Santa Claus rally. We might get some volume, but I, I don't know really where we're going to trade. I, I think there's going to be a lot of people closing positions uh, in that head fund, hedge fund world at the end of the year to really limit their, uh, their losses and uh, really have something to tell their investors about at the end of the year or... Uh, beginning of the year meetings. So that's what I got. Uh, but with that being said, I will catch you guys in the next one and uh, have a safe and happy and I will talk to you guys then. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. 
Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our Anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.